0: What will heaven be like? How do we get to heaven? And can we trust the descriptions of heaven from those who claim that they have been there? We answer these questions and more on this episode of The Unapologetic Show. Hello, Thinking Christians. Welcome to The Unapologetic Show, where we defend truth without compromise with Dr. Bobby Conway, the one-minute apologist. I'm your host, Tim Hall. Well, with rising tensions in Ukraine and with Russia and some sort of alliance that looks like it's going on with Russia and China, inflation at records highs in America and other places around the globe, one of the things that I think we need is some hope. We need to look to heaven. So we're going to discuss heaven. Bobby, let's let's talk about heaven a little bit here. What, what are you... What are some of the misconceptions that people might have about heaven before we get to what heaven's actually going to be like, which is, I think, going to be awesome?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right in your intro, Tim. I mean, we are living in some very uncertain times, and this is uh, a time for us as Christians to be able to, you know, unpack the Word and be able to get our hands around, uh, you know, what is life after life going to be like for us? Uh, Seven in ten Americans actually believe Uh, in heaven, uh, interestingly enough. uh, But this doesn't mean this is a univocal understanding or rather that everybody believes you get there the same way. Many of these people, uh, you know, 72% with the Pew Research Study uh, showing that it's good works that they think is what gets them to heaven. Uh, Also, at the same time, we've got 58% of Americans who believe in hell, and so when we think about heaven uh, and the afterlife, any worldview, Tim, is going to have some sort of an idea that they've thought through of what happens when we die. So, if you're an atheist, you just believe that's it. You know, you go into the ground; it's annihilation. Uh, if uh, you're a Buddhist, you're kind of hoping to enter into the you know ultimate one. Uh, you know in If you're a Hindu, you're hoping that karma can allow you at last to kind of get to a place where you end that cycle of samsara and like a drop. Uh, That's what you are hoping to be immersed in the ocean. And there are different perspectives, right, uh, that people have. Jehovah's Witnesses, Tim, uh, you know, they'll they'll believe in heaven, but they believe only 144,000 will actually get to heaven. Muslims believe in heaven. You know, we just recently uh, came across the 21st anniversary of 9-11, and those terrorists that got in the plane that day, they thought that they were going to arrive in heaven and be greeted by many virgins in whom that they could have illicit uh, relations with. So as Christians, uh, we also believe in heaven uh, and we believe that Jesus went to prepare a place for us. So when we talk about uh terms like heaven and Jesus. Uh, we need to get people to define their terms, Tim. We need people to say, uh, well, what kind of heaven are you talking about? Like the heaven is for real, where uh, the kid had a dream and they made a movie on it. And then later he would say that that was fabricated uh, at 90 seconds in heaven. I mean, which heaven? Well, we need to look at the Bible because a lot of times the way people talk about Jesus in heaven varies.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to kind of start. Like you kind of mentioned that uh, at least, you know, 70% of people would believe in this heaven, but to get there, they believe that they have to be a good person. So it seems maybe perhaps a little bit elementary, but let's kind of discuss that. Can we get to heaven by just being a good person? Do you think that that's the, the pathway that we need to follow?
1: Well, that would render what Jesus did on the cross unnecessary. Uh, So why in the world would Jesus die on a cross for us if we could earn it by our own merit? Mm -hmm. Obviously, none of us were... Uh, you know, capable of doing that. Jesus is the only one who lived a perfect life. And so we're desperately um, going to fall short of God's standard of holiness. Uh, heaven's a perfect place. We're imperfect. Uh, how can an imperfect person go to a perfect place without messing it up? Well, God sent his perfect son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our imperfections. And so, in the same way that God the Father uh, placed our sin on Christ and treated him as if he was a sinner, though he wasn't. When we believe on Jesus Christ, even though we are sinners, we're treated as if we're not on account of faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And that's how we uh, access heaven throughout eternity.
0: Uh, so, so we're going to get to some you know kind of descriptions of what heaven's like based on you know some scripture passages, but I think it's important for us to kind of delineate maybe, maybe what exactly we're talking about here first. And we know that Jesus will return someday, and when he does, that he'll create the new heaven and the new earth. But if somebody dies today, and they're saved by grace through faith, not by good works, but they're saved through the sacrifice on the cross, just as you described it there, uh, will the place that they're in now be heaven, or do we have have to wait to get to heaven until that kind of new creation when Jesus returns and, and kind of makes everything anew?
1: I think that they're in heaven, Tim, but it's um, not the same heaven that they will be in later. So, for example, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, when If you and I were to die right now, our bodies go into the grave, but our souls go into the presence of God. Mm. And uh, we can know that that's... Uh, a place of perfection. So when when the new heaven and the new earth is created, that doesn't mean that these people um, are going into a greater perfection. Uh, perfection is perfection. So they're in a place of perfection. Um, but I would say, well, it's going to be a, a, a different kind of perfection, so to speak. So we're talking maybe uh, in kinds. So like people can be... full. Totally enjoying what they have, but I guess in a sense, what would be there is greater. It's that your body is going to be resurrected eventually, and you're going to have that in the new heaven and new earth. So look at it like this: the the real short of it is, um, Sheol is the place of the the dead. Uh, it's the Hebrew word; Greek word is Hades. It's a New Testament equivalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people died, so under Judaism, uh, you know they believe that they went and. Uh, to the ground, their bodies, but they had a soulish experience. And then you come to this story uh, with uh, Abraham and he's interacting with the rich ruler uh, who basically f- didn't take care of Lazarus, right? The poor beggar. And there's this chasm. And so this chasm is Hades, right? Uh, or call it Sheol. And there's two compartments, right? Uh, well, what is it? You have Abraham's bosom, right? and you had the rich man's abode you have abraham's bosom which is paradise or heaven Uh, and then you have this place that those who go that didn't believe in jesus and so what we await for like for example jesus said today i tell you the truth you'll be with me in paradise Uh, well paradise you'll be in abraham's bosom you'll be in that that place right now, there'll be some debate whether or not those people were released out of there and they're in this kind of other temporary space of heaven and then waiting for the new heavens and a new earth. But there's a lot that goes on with this. But the short of it is um, they're in perfection. Uh, and if perfection can be made even more perfect, which it's a hard concept to, to grasp, right. uh, then uh, I would just say it's just the, the quality is going to be better. But it's amazing where they are right now.
0: Yeah. Well, I I, I want to ask you a question about the Holy Spirit in heaven, but before I do, I just want to remind our audience that if you are interested in shows like this, that you can head on over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash One Minute Apologist. You can find uh, all of our unapologetic shows on a playlist. While you're there, uh, continue, uh, consider liking this video, subscribing to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers before the end of 2022, and you can uh, hopefully share this video with your next. Network. That's a completely free way to help support this show. So thank you so much for uh, listening or watching. You can also find this episode as a audio-only podcast on our website, oneminuteapologist.com. Click on podcast and you can find it on your favorite podcast player. So Bobby, I wanted to ask about the, the role of heaven or what place will the Holy
1: Spirit fulfill in heaven? Good question, Tim. And as you asked me that, I I still, I find myself chewing on this idea of perfection we're just kind of having this conversation together. Perhaps we distinguish between kinds of perfection. So there's moral perfection. Mm. And in that way, um, that perfection is going to be our realization when we get to heaven, we're going to experience that moral perfection. But in a sense of maybe a material perfection, that's a perfection that, that will not be ours when we die because we wait that material body to be glorified. And then a new heaven and a new earth um, when that is made, I think that that will have a, a, a greater um, reality than maybe what you experience absent of the new heaven and the new earth. So, I think that that your question was good because it really forced me to think, but sometimes we have to distinguish even what we mean by perfection. And if I have more time to think about it, I might even come up with some other categories, but certainly distinguishing between a material perfection and moral perfection might help this clarify. As it relates to the role of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, that's a bit cryptic and we're not exactly sure. uh, You know, we know that God is uh, triune, one God revealed in three persons. And so uh, the role of the Holy Spirit, I would imagine, would still uh, be a powerful presence in our life. Uh, but there will be certain things that the Holy Spirit does now that that He wouldn't do in heaven, like convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment would be unnecessary. Or, um, you know, who knows? Maybe there is this gifting of the believers in those gifts get Uh, further refined throughout all eternity as we practice them. Uh, But I think we will enjoy the Holy Spirit, but there's a lot of mystery around what all that will look like.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I don't know if we have a, a clear you know, picture in scripture about the role of the Holy Spirit. So I think that's excellent. Uh, so I, we have, I have one more question before we kind of get to the nuts and bolts of what heaven is going to be like. Um, and yeah. I, that question is really interesting. And it, and, and as, this was asked by somebody on our Facebook page. How can heaven be perfect if humans still have free will and humans always screw things up when they have free will? This is coming from, you know, kind of the free, free will theodicy of the answer to the problem of evil. So if we have free will in heaven how will it still be perfect?
1: Yeah, like why didn't God just create us to begin with uh, where we could live in an experience like we will live in heaven where we're sealed from sin, so to speak? Well, that's because God in the first Eden created us as free creatures uh, who— you know, morally rebel against God, obviously. uh, But then once we choose uh, to trust in Christ by faith, uh, what ends up happening is that is sealed, so to speak. So as a result of trusting in Christ, Um, there has been this freedom. And what we're saying is, yes, God, glorify my free will so that it can't rebel against you. And so we are saying, you know, we want you to take full access of us in eternity, but our nature is going to be glorified to a place where, um, you know, it it won't be able to experience a fall because it's going to be glorified yet sealed. Uh, And that's going to be one of the benefits that we're going to experience in salvation. More that I could certainly say, but, I know we have other points to discuss.
0: Yeah. So we want to get to kind of nine things that heaven will be like, nine kind of items that we want to look at. So really the, the question that we're answering is what will heaven be like? And some of, some of this is drawn from uh, our series in Revelation that we're going through at Image Church. But kind of the first you know point that we want to draw or what heaven will be like, well, heaven, heaven will be a concrete experience where everything is renewed and glorified. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So when you think about um, the new heaven and a new earth, uh, well, there you have it, a new heaven, a new earth. Now, the question is, is this going to be a renovated earth or is it going to be completely, um, uh, you know, created afresh, anew? Some people have said, well, in the same way that there will be similarity to um, our bodies uh, that we had on earth when they're glorified, it will be the same body, but kind of upgraded. Renewed, renovated. Uh, some have said that that's the way the Earth will be. Others would say it's going to be completely recreated. I would lean more toward a renovated Earth. There will be some familiarity, uh, but it will be a concrete experience, and so it'll be amazing. I mean, imagine um, you know you're an old. Del- I mean, look as beautiful as Earth is. When we get into the new uh, heaven and the new Earth. This earth that we lived on would it look like an old dilapidated trailer falling apart off the side of the road. Uh, imagine getting a new renovated, uh, you know, or a brand new home or your trailer renovated completely, so to speak. How amazing that would be! That's going to be so cool. And these bodies that we're going to have are just going to be phenomenal as we think about uh, their capacities, Um, just our senses. uh, You know, who knows? There might be more than five senses. Maybe God's got something up his sleeve. Um, uh, You know, I don't picture airports and train stations in heaven. I mean, we know how massive, uh, you know, that we can even begin to estimate that the universe that we live in, so we'll spend eternity, uh, you know, as, you know, basically explorers like you know Christopher Columbus yep. uh, checking out uh, the the universe uh, there will be plenty for us to do so it'll be really cool and i would imagine that our bodies could have some you know flight capacity which would be amazing or if not flight just kind of booms going from one place to the next you see where Phillips picked up and he's taken from one place to the next the spirit takes him or jesus kind of you know moving through walls and stuff who knows what what we will have uh, capacity to do in that glorified state, but it will be concrete.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that, and that, that we're talking about the body, that leads us to kind of our second point that heaven will be an eternal existence absent of every sort of negative emotion and bodily pain, which is great for those of us that are growing old and uh, you know, seem to wake yeah. up with a kink in our neck just by sleeping or something like that. So talk to us a little bit about uh, being absent of this negative emotion and bodily pain.
1: Yeah. I mean, we see in Revelation 21 that he wipes away um, our tears and you go, well, what are those tears for? It's perhaps, you know, just coming out of, uh, you know, seeing the seals, the trumpets, the bowl judgments, uh, grieving at, you know, the loss uh, that takes place of humanity that rejected God. And yet uh, God then, you know, wiping those tears away, uh, you know, removing that sadness, uh, it will be a place where we're going to experience uh, no longer um being in that, you know, wrecked, anxious mode, worrisome, depressed, you won't need antidepressants in heaven. Uh, you know, you won't need to worry about that kind of stuff. You won't need to see chiropractors. Uh, you won't need to have surgeries. I mean, our bodies are going to have a capacity to be um in a place where they can live forever uh, without being subjected to the second law of thermodynamics. Uh, we're going to not be emotionally run down and that's going to be beautiful. It
0: sure will. I can't wait for that. I'm also looking forward to heaven uh, will be this utterly euphoric as an emotional base will be perfectly fine-tuned for eternity. You just mentioned our bodies will be able to to live for eternity. So talk to us a little bit more about this, uh, you know, fine-tuned for eternity.
1: Yeah. I mean, see our emotions right now, I mean, they can give us a a real difficulty, right? But imagine a place of total euphoria. Mm. Uh, So much of what we uh, do is we get stuck with future emotions that trouble us like fear, worry, anxiety, um, or past emotions of like regret and shame and guilt. Uh, Those emotions are going to be stripped away. Uh, in the sense that will allow us to experience being totally, utterly present. And uh, the reason that um, we struggle to be present right now, Tim, is because these emotions impede on us in an unhealthy way. So it's going to be a place of total tranquility. You're not going to feel like, man, I I wish I could get a dopamine hit or I wish I could you know, take a bong hit. Uh, You're not going to feel that need because you're going to be in a place where your emotions are utterly perfectly fine tuned Mm. to enjoy every experience that God allows us to encounter in a way that would glorify him and be utterly pleasing and fulfilling to you.
0: No, that, that, that's excellent. And the more we talk about this, the more excited I am about heaven. <laughs> uh, and, and to be fair, next week, we're going to address the other side of the coin. We're going to talk about some misconceptions of hell. But our fourth point here is that heaven will be absent of Satan and his minions and everything associated with sin, such as shame, guilt, condemnation, and devastating consequences. That right there is is uh, amazing. So, you know, paint this picture for us a little bit more.
1: Well, briefly, I mean, think about it. In the Garden of Eden, um, you know, Satan had access to that garden uh, as a tempter. Well, we're not going to have this tempter. He doesn't have access to the domain that we're going to be in. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that will be great. So that's one thing that we won't have uh, coming to try to, uh, you know, resist us. And wrestle us in our area of free will. Uh, And thankfully, we won't have to worry about uh, spending eternity in His company. (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: Well, and our fifth point is that heaven
1: will be an
0: an eternity of absolute perfection, fulfillment, and experiential contentness. You you talked a little bit about surfing uh, and just how content you are when you're surfing. So describe this a little bit more for us here.
1: Yeah, well, I think surfers who have a learn the art of surfing. For me, uh, I, I've got out there and I had some fun in California with it uh, and, and got uh, my butt kicked out there to appreciate, uh, you know, my friends like Brett Kunkel that that do it often. Uh, but uh, it is a beautiful place to be out in the ocean. Now, some people would say, you know, Revelation 21 says there's no more sea going to be there. I kind of look at that as uh, the sea in the Bible is often taken as chaos. So, uh, you know, in the world system is a place of chaos. So, I think it's plausible that there is oceans, with 200, 300, 400 foot waves that you could get out and surf, right? And enjoy the waves and without worrying about being crushed by them, right? Uh, you know, the, the things that we'll be able to do, waterfalls that are, you know, 2000 feet, perhaps. I mean, we're I know that I'm speculating, but I just can see uh, God doing such amazing things that our sight will be blown away by what He does. But the, the fulfillment and contentedness... Um, you know, a lot of times people um, have emotional discontentment, but a lot of times it's around their role, around their relationships. And so it's like a perfect contentment uh, morally around uh, what we do to serve God with our role, around our relationships, of our place with Him, of being at rest uh, with what God has in store for us, an ability to trust Him. And see, heaven's going to be the place him where we perfectly trust God. And that's going to absolve a lot of our problems because that's going to make us be in moral alignment with him, emotional alignment with him, be tranquil and content.
0: Yeah. Well and, and, and you know, being in alignment with with God in that sense like you just described is phenomenal. And and even for those of us that have been hurt by relationships, what well, I think is everybody listening to this. I mean, you know, we have had human uh relationships that have failed us. When we get to heaven, heaven will be a place where relationships are deeply satisfying and without
1: disappointment. So just talk to us a little bit more about that. Think about that. I mean, uh, so much of our life pain becomes through relational loss, relational frustration, uh, you know, people who've gossiped about us, people who were disillusioned by. Imagine being in a place with people that you're known and, and and they're known and we love everything about them and they love everything about us. And we know how to say things to each other uh, in a way that we're not getting frustrated and we just can enjoy each other in a perfect eternal harmonious relationship with them, And others, and angels, and God as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So we'll we'll kind of roll through some of these here uh, just to get all nine in. So number seven, heaven will be a place where we exist alongside angels, as you just mentioned. Uh, Number eight, heaven will be this aesthetic paradise as all things will be made new. You described that a little bit more, but I want you to talk for uh, another minute, our last minute here um, on this one. In heaven, we will one day see the face of God and live forever basking in his absolute ineffable love and incomprehensible glory. So just talk to us about that for another minute here.
1: Okay, yeah, you had two, uh, eight and nine, uh, eight being an aesthetic paradise, nine being seeing the face of God. So let's start with eight, an aesthetic paradise. Just picture eight, um, you know, the beauty, uh, God, the great uh, artist, it'll trump anything. I mean, imagine seeing artists, imagine what Michelangelo could do in heaven with his art, right? Uh, Imagine him doing sculptures there and how much great it would be. But imagine if God created the canvas that we live on, how great it's going to be to see this new heaven and this new earth. Imagine all of our senses being absolutely deeply fine-tuned, having the sight of an eagle or the hearing of like a dolphin or the touch that can just pick up on things or the smell that can just appreciate the the, the very subtle senses that we would miss here on earth. So it's amazing. And then seeing the face of God, we do remember that's got to be uh, metaphorical because God uh, is incorporeal. That is to say, he's non-physical, got a spirit. He doesn't have a face, but it does go on in the same chapter to say that there's no need of the sun, that the sun will uh, pave our way. We will see. And it, it, it almost just makes me wonder if that could almost be a picture of like, we'll forever live in the presence of God's glory. That's illuminated by light. And perhaps that's kind of the face of God. Just everything you see is his glory. Now keep in mind, if somebody's a philosopher, they'll go, yeah, but God's also not light. Right. And I'm not saying he's light, but what if he's, when it says we'll see his face and then we Mm -hmm. see there's no need of sun. And then there's this light. There has to be a way where God, helps us to understand something about His ineffable glory and perhaps that's it, that everything that our eyes see that we're guided by is God himself.
0: Amen, amen. So if the audience is looking for more and deeper explanation on some of these points, you can check out, uh, go go to uh, imagechurch.live and click on watch and you can find uh, a message that Bobby preached out of the book of Revelation, the second to last message there. And with that, we will meet you next time as we talk about some misconceptions of hell on The Unapologetic Show.